Now listen, I don't know, I don't know where you are in life. You may be in a part in your walk with God where everything is going well. You may be in a relationship right now with God where things are kind of shaky. You can be in a place where you are now trying to enter into a relationship with God. If you look at the life of David very simply, very easily. Pastor, you see a life of a young man raised in the fields. But who would have thought that the same boy raised in the fields that was trained to kill would also commit adultery and would slip and fall? Some of us in this room tonight are so mad at ourselves for falling because everybody came to see us as the one that was anointed. But nobody thought that the one that would be anointed would be the one that would commit adultery. Nobody thought that David had that in him, the ability to still be anointed, but to still mess up at the same time. Do you know how frustrating it is to continually do wrong when you've been anointed for a season? To continually mess up when you know what to do is right? Bible says David was anointed and as he was anointed he became king and he did so many things but then there became a moment in his life where he was found in a place he shouldn't be doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing and he saw somebody he shouldn't have seen I don't have time to go into everything but what I'm going to tell you is this very simply from this word in his time of distress David writes this psalm And this psalm is found in Psalms 51. I'm going to read it. It says, have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Somebody say, God's unfailing love. Come on, say it like you believe it. Say, God's unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stains of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my shameful deeds. The first part of you getting back to that place where you once were with God is to recognize that you need Jesus. Recognize that you have to be transparent. You have to be accountable. I'm just going to read this verse. Then we're going to worship and pray. It says, against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say and for your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from my mother's womb you conceived. But you desire honesty from the heart. God, I want to do right. I know you desire me to be honest with you. But yet still, I can't get past this thing that continues to be a thorn in my life. God, I want to be so pure with you. But yet still, why do I keep falling when I have already been anointed? already been anointed I've been anointed to be king I've been anointed to do this I've been anointed to, to lead this generation but how can I be anointed while yet still suffer with things that continue to trip me in the in the blissful summer night the scripture goes on to say so you can teach me to be wise by my inmost being purify me from my sins and I'll be made clean wash me and I'll be wither than snow I'll be whiter than snow oh give me back my joy again you have broken me 
Now let me rejoice. Now I don't know how many people are here, but I'm here to tell you that it's time to rejoice because God is being broken you. He has been breaking you. He's been breaking you from season to season to season. Stay right where you are. After every breaking season, God brings a little bit of sunlight to tell you, listen, you've endured the night, now see the sun. You've endured the night, now see the sun. Now finish the rest of this verse. It says this, wash me, I'll be whiter than snow. Give me back my joy again, you've broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart. Can you say that after me? Say, create in me. Say it like you believe it. Say, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a right spirit within me. Then I love this verse in verses 11. It says, do not banish me from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me again the joy of our salvation and make me willing to obey you. Because David understood that with obedience comes presence. God, create in me the clean heart. Make me in such a way that I won't want to do my will, but I will continually want to do your will against what I want. I will do what you want. Even though my flesh is here, my spirit is willing. Because let me tell you something. When it comes to believers and Christian band, break it down for me. When it comes to believers and Christians, they believe that the holier they get, the more temptation will flee from their life. My dear, it's the exact opposite. The holier you get, temptations that come around the Bible says in Matthew 4 it says that God was taken Jesus was taken to the mountain and when he came to the mountain I believe it's Mark, uh, Matthew 4 11 or something like that he was taken to the mountaintop and it says that enemy looked at him and enemy said listen I'll give you everything here he tempts him three times in the wilderness and you know in that scripture it says that that the Spirit of God brought Jesus into the wilderness so that he may be tempted then it, you know what it says could you have that scripture for me can you have a scripture for me? I want us to read this really quick. Matthew 4, 11. Get it to me really quickly, if you can, please. I'm going to want to talk there. Okay. Uh, take me to... I'll read it for you. Jesus. It says this. And I love this scripture so much. Then Jesus was led out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil. The Holy Spirit orchestrated a time of temptation because what is not tested, it can't be trusted. James 1-2 says, Consider it pure joy when you are tested with diverse trials and temptations and trials that come against you because through that your test, your faith is tested. And when your faith is tested, perseverance is built. You can't persevere over a mountain if there is no mountain. Unless there's a mountain, how can you be told that you're a person, you can persevere, you're resilient? If there's no mountain, if there's no opportunity for, for success to triumph, then how can we call you a victor? How can we call you a hero if there's nothing for you to get over? Am I talking in this room tonight? Am I making any type of sense tonight? And it says this, for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus ate nothing and he became very hungry. Oh, 
because one of the enemy's best tactics, Arnold, is to make sure that he gets you to a point of weakness. Slows you down spiritually. Slows you down physically. The enemy just wants to get you to the point of weakness, David. That's all he wants you to do. Get you to a place of weakness because he knows when you're weak, you make irrational decisions. Am I talking? When you're weak, you make the most irrational decisions. Let me tell you when you make the most irrational decisions. One, when you're in a place you shouldn't be. And two, when you have nothing to do. Someone say facts. Strictly facts. When you start messing up, it's because you're someplace and you have nothing to do. The Bible says David woke up after a long nap in the late afternoon, getting towards evening, almost like a summer evening. And he begins to take a stroll. Takes a stroll while his, his comrades are at war. He takes a stroll, CC. He's, he's taking a stroll. How many strolls have you been on? He walks by the beach. Have you been on? He takes a stroll. As he's taking a stroll, he sees somebody he shouldn't have seen. And the sin was not that he slept with her alone. The sin was that he thought about her and called her to him. Because he sinned before he even committed it. Because we sin in our heart before doing the action. So you're walking around, I'm holy, I'm holy. I've never slept with anybody. Do you know how many people you slept with in your mind already? Do you know how many people in this place are already thinking about, I got to see this person naked already? You've already sinned in your heart. I'm clean. Really though? Really though? For real though? He was taking a stroll to see somebody. And then he proceeds. You see, the fact about it is that you can, you can look and admire the beauty. The Bible says that Bathsheba was so beautiful. So he couldn't, of course you can't miss somebody who's so beautiful. I mean, if the guy is handsome, the guy is handsome. If the girl's beautiful, the girl's beautiful, fine. But the fact that he dwelt upon it. Someone say dwell. When you begin to dwell on a thought, that's when you start to get ideas on a thought. How would I look if I was married to him? How, how would my life change if I was married to her? What would happen if, because you're dwelling on the thought. You haven't even approached the person. David already committed adultery in his mind consciously with, before he even slept with the woman. Because it begins in your thoughts. And so until you can get to the point where you realize that, listen, this thought has to continually obey Christ. Because when I obey Christ, then his presence comes down. Continually obey Jesus. You stay committed to him. Committed to his ways. God's presence floods in. And you cannot commit adultery in the presence of Jesus. How dare you do something in the presence of Jesus? Let me tell you something. The fact that you're not committing sin right now physically is because you're in church. You can't do that because there's specific locations. You know you can't mess up. How if we live our lives every day knowing that they're everywhere we go, we cannot mess up because God is everywhere. What would happen if we lived our lives like that? lived our lives that by 12 midnight at night when we were in our room there's nothing for us to do because God's presence is with us and by obeying God his presence comes and his presence fulfills what lust thinks that it wants to fill a void lust tries to fill a void I don't have time to teach that 
Lust tries to fulfill a void, but lust is not just sexually. Lust can be in all places, different things. You can lust after food. You can lust after shoes. You can lust after whatever it is. You can lust after your career. You can lust after getting something. Lust is just trying to fill a void of something you need to be there to satisfy your flesh. And so that's why when people think that the moment you begin to serve God, all desires of the flesh die, they don't know what they're talking about. The desires of the flesh heighten, but that's why obedience is key. You don't think that Moses was tempted in the wilderness? Leading how many people through the wilderness for 40 days, 40 years and 40, and, and 40 nights? You don't think that he ever once thought of, oh man, that girl's so cute. For 40 years? Of course he did. But what kept him going was the fact that he knew that as he was about to enter into the wilderness, God said that my presence will go before you. How dare I mess up in the presence of God? How dare I mess up in the presence of God? David wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was just taking an afternoon nap. He woke up, took a stroll, looked over. Obedience is what's going to keep you because you have to know that you cannot dwell on thoughts that will trip you up. Someone say dwell. Say it again, say dwell. somewhere else like where are you mentally where like where are you are you here are you actively in this moment are we engaging in this moment together or is your mind somewhere else where are you is your mind already thinking of what could be and what should be and what didn't and your mind is forever on that heartbreak how do you think people can't get over heartbreak it's because they're dwelling on the fact that the guy left them they're dwelling on the fact that the girl left them so their heart is continually broken because every day oh my gosh we used to listen to this song together but we used to go to the movies together. But we used to do this together. And everything triggers it because everywhere you go, you're dwelling. And the, and the fact that your thought is beginning to trigger is as a result of where your feet <laughs> will go. When I walk into this room, automatically I think, Jesus, your presence is here. This is a place where my life was changed and I encounter God. But for some people, it's a different thing. For some people, they associate this place with something else. For some person, this might have been the place that they met somebody that they really liked and that person didn't, didn't actually call them back and broke their heart. So they'll never come here because when their feet comes into their hair, they begin to dwell on the fact that somebody broke their heart in this place. You can have two people with two different mindsets just simply because of what took place at a location and then you begin to dwell on it. This is just basic social work, 101. Psychology. sometimes we over spiritualize things that we feel as though as we fast and as we pray fast and pray Jesus fasted and prayed and he was tempted if you're not tempted by the end of your fasting did you really fast did you really fast 
even during fasting, the sight of food alone, isn't that temptation, Shayun? When you're fasting and you see food, oh my gosh. There's such yummy food in front. Oh, there's jollof rice. Gee. You just want to eat this barbecue chicken and you're looking at the chicken like, oh my gosh, but yeah, you're fasting and you can't do it, but you want it. Isn't that not temptation? People just, they, they subject temptation to only sexual. Temptation is not sexual alone. Temptation is anything that wants to feed your flesh. Anything that wants to satisfy your, your flesh can be of a form of temptation. Teach this someday because I didn't get to get into it the way I wanted to. But I believe that what God wanted to say tonight, He said tonight. What God wanted to say tonight. And so, you know what we need to be mindful of? We need to be mindful of where our feet go now. That's what we need to do. We need to be mindful of. Let me let me give you three things you have to be mindful of. So you can say at least you came to church and you learned something. Okay? So that I don't, I'm not a bad pastor. All right. Number one, just stand right where you are. I know you've been standing all service, but sometimes God wants you to receive the word standing up. Number one, where is your feet treading? There's a whole different revelation there. Because the Bible says that, that wherever the soles of your feet shall tread, God will give you dominion over. So wherever you go belongs to you. Where's your location? Where are you going? Where are you? Like, what are you doing? Where, where, where are you? Where are your feet going? Where, where, is, where are you located? Are you supposed to be on the fields with David? Because the Bible says all of David's men went out, but David stayed back. Where are you? Are you supposed to be working when you're at home? Are you supposed to be in school when you're not? Are you, what are you, like, where are you right now? Where's your location? Number one. Number two. What is your occupation? What are you doing? In this season of your life, where are you and what are you doing? What are the works of your hands doing? What are you, what are you currently doing? What are you working on? What project are you working on? Because I told you that displacement plus uh, displacement plus uh, a lack or displacement plus boredom reveals your weakness. Yeah. Displacement plus boredom reveals your weakness. When you're in a place and you have nothing to do, you become bored and it, releases, it just reveals your weakness at a certain point. But when you can get to the point where you are at a location and your hands are busy, your mind is busy, you know that when you come to school, it's not just because I'm here, you know, to party, but I'm here simply because of the fact that I have something that I want to attain by the end of these four years. And so you know that you're working towards something, okay? And so location is number one. Number two is what? Occupation. Number three is precision. How precise are you at what you do? How good are you at what you do? Are you the best at what you do? Guaranteed, if you're, at the, if you're the best at what you do, you don't even have time to think about sin. Because you're too, you're, too, you're too focused on continually being the best at what you can do. That you don't have time to mess up because you know that as you mess up, someone's warming up and taking your position. So I might as well continually do what I'm doing and be the best at what I can do. Am I talking any type of sense here tonight? I don't. This is as practical as I can make it tonight. Where are you? What are you doing? And how good at you? How good are you at what you're doing? Like how good? If you do hair, are you the best? 
you're not the best, then you, you don't have room to even stay home when they're at war. Why would you stay home when others are getting better on the field? Because when others are getting better on the field and you're staying home, that's when you can take a stroll. Why did David have time to take a stroll? He took a stroll because he listened, I'm the best at what I am. I'm the best. I'm the best. But then the same David that was the best at what he could do was then also the same David that was anointed. The same David that messed up. The same David that killed Goliath was the same David that was being killed by a next giant and he needed another man to come through to help him. He needed another man to come through. He needed someone to come through help him because he has to understand that even you do not get better at what you do somebody will get better at that same thing and knock you out of place and you become irrelevant because you didn't want to get better at the craft by which you've been called to do so unless you get to the location begin to start working and decide to be precisely good at what you do you will always have room for boredom and you will look around to say oh let me take a stroll as you're taking a stroll somebody's busy at war getting better and before you know it then you become this bitter person that man I used to be the one it used to be me but I used to be the one that prays I used to be the one that was anointed yeah, well, somebody was praying and fasting and obeying God by denying the 2 a.m. booty call you were taking that booty call releasing your oils and losing what God has placed on the inside of you. Because the walk of God and the walk with God as a man of God and as a woman of God is just not about preaching. My dear, it's not just about counseling. My dear, it's not just about going to visit people. It's about your character, your integrity. People will listen to you based on your integrity. And so you know the fastest way to kill a man of God? Just just tarnish their integrity just kill their character frame their character i prophesy that whoever is trying to frame your character may god reveal them in the next one year i prophesy i prophesy whoever wants to see your downfall whoever whatever Whatever Jezebel that sits on the corner of your success that says you will never make it, anytime you rise, I will kill you. Anytime you want to go up, I will push you down. I today remove that Jezebel from your life. Hey, there's some of you after this, you have to go and reevaluate your relationships. Go and reevaluate them. Because you have to consider this. Is it being productive or am I going down by this? Like, you have, to be, you have to be very practical with yourself. You want to be used of God. You want to be, I want to carry the fire. I want this revival to be on me. I want to do what I want to do. I want to be used of God. Yes, God wants to use you. How available are you? Because when he needs you to be in Saskatchewan, you want to be here because somebody's holding you down here. So you don't, you're not freed enough to be able to do the will that God wants you to do. So you're not in the location to conquer that location. To then let God reveal your occupation to you so that you can be precise at what you do. Because occupation. Should I keep going? I'm going deeper. Someone say go deeper. Someone say go deeper. You can be, okay, let me say this too. Let me, let me tell you this. If you are the president of a nation, okay, 
you have jurisdiction over the nation that you are in currently. So if you leave that nation, you no longer have jurisdiction where you might want to go. You only have jurisdiction where you are. But that doesn't take the title of the president from you. So that means that you can still do what you want to do, but if you're not in the location that you need to be in for that actually to happen, Kevin, you understand what I'm saying? You're in diplomacy, you get what I'm saying? Then you do not have jurisdiction over that thing. So you'll be doing something, you'll be writing checks, but you won't feel as though you're actually in power because where you're supposed to be, you're not. Location, someone shout it, location. Don't be displaced, okay? Don't be displaced. Don't be out of place. Be exactly where God needs you to be, doing exactly what he needs you to do, being the best at which he needs you to do it. If God has called you to preach, be where you need to be trained so you can get the best training you need to get, so you can be the best preacher there ever is or there ever will be. If God has called you to, to, to do cosmetics, find out where you need to grow. Find out where you need to work to get the best training you need to get to so you can be the best cosmetic technician, the best fashion designer, the best academician, anything, the best uh, whatever. You have to be the best at what you do. Be the best. Someone say, I'm the best. Say, I'm the best. By grace, you're the best. You will be the best. You must be the best. You have to be the best. If your, your mentality is not that I want to be the best at which I can do, then what you're doing is not meant for you. If you do music, all right, if you do music, I don't know why I'm talking like this tonight. If you do music and you write songs, you have to make up in your mind that every day I want to write the best song that there will ever be in this land today. I want to write the best song. I want to be the best vocalist. I want to be the best at what I can do for the glory of God. Not for my personal gain. Who cares about me? For the glory of God. So that God's glory can be seen through me. Because as I make Jesus famous, he makes me famous. As I lift up his name, he draws all men. Be the best at which you can do. Be the best. Do what God has called you to do. In the location he's called you to do, do it. Then be the best at it. Be precise at what you do. Do it with all excellence. Do it with everything you have. If you're not going to do it well, don't do it at all because you're wasting your time. You're wasting God's time. You're wasting everyone's time because as you're in a location you shouldn't be, doing what you shouldn't be doing, thinking that you're precise at that thing that is not what God has called you to do, what is happening is that God is looking for a void because now there's a vacuum. God is saying, but I need, I need him to be here, but he's there doing that, doing it well, but he's not being effective because it's not in purpose. You can be working. Have you ever seen those hamsters that work in the thing? And they're going and they're going and they're going and they're exuding so much energy and so much strength, but yet they're not moving anywhere. Have you been on a treadmill and you're running on a treadmill, but yet you're not moving physically like forward? You're moving in one spot alone. So much energy, yet you're not moving. Some of us, that's where we are in life right now. Using so much energy, but yet we're not moving because we have not operated under the oil of precision. We're not effective at what we do. But I prophesy, I decree upon your life today. You will attain so many skills, so many qualities 
in the place that God has called you. If you're a barber, be the best barber that you can be, Al. Be the best bar. If you're going to do it, do it well and be the best at it. Do it. If, you're gonna, if you want to start a clothes, be, be the best fashion line there is. Because if you don't think that you want to be the best, then don't do it at all. If you want to be a businessman, be the best businessman that you can be. Find the place you need to be. Develop the skills you need to develop to be the best you can be. This is Bible. People say this is motivational speaking. Listen, Jesus was the best motivational speaker. The best. The best. You want to be a financial analyst? Be the best. You want to be in business? Be the best. I'm making sense here. You know, we're going to touch back on this relationship thing a bit, a, bit, a bit more next year. A bit more towards the end of this year. But I always say this. I'm going to repeat it. You, you want to be the best wife? Well, learn the qualities of a wife now. You want to be the best husband? Learn the qualities of a husband now. You, you, that's, if that's what you want, and that's what you actually want, you want to be a, a, the best husband, the best father you can be. Well, learn to how, how to acquire the heart of a father now. Learn the qualities of a wife now. Learn the qualities of a husband now so that when the time is ripe and the time is near, you're not learning after you've made the covenant. Because you're not then going to be the best at what you do. <laughs> You'll be subpar. Develop the skills you need to. So, so, so practice your time management now. Practice what you need to practice now. How could you be a CEO of a company if you keep showing up late to church? will trust you with their time is this making sense how could you say I want to own a, a, a media house okay you want to own a media house well do you produce stuff now what have you produced can I go on your YouTube and check your your whole vlogs can I check I want to be I want to be a vlogger okay well do you have you brought a camera yet I want to be a recording artist. Do you have a mic to record in a home studio? Occupation. In occupation, it, it takes you also to acquire things so that you can actually do the job God has called you to do. You want to be a photographer. You had that grace on you. But until you were, a camera was placed in your hands, you couldn't take, cam you couldn't take pictures. Until, a, until even a phone was placed in your hand, you couldn't take pictures. But the moment that you found your occupation and something was placed in your hand to be able to make that dream become a reality, you became the best at what you do. And now you're skillful at what you do. And now you're gifted at what you do. Now it's a gift that comes inside of you. But until you came to Ottawa, you didn't know that was in you. Oh, but you were in Nigeria somewhere. But until you came to Ottawa, you didn't know you could preach. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? You were in Ghana somewhere playing golf. You didn't know that if you came here, God would develop you to be able to oversee and be a creative pastor. You didn't know that was in you. Because sometimes at the occupation, it takes you having somebody over you to pull what was in you out of you. Y'all ain't getting me tonight, CC. They ain't getting me tonight. Even though you're at the right place, doing the right thing, until you have somebody that will look over your work to say you're doing it properly. 
how will you ever know you're going to be the best at what you do? What, who can you compare it to? It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. Jesus. 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 You were doing something. We don't even know what you were doing. Until you came to this place. Is when he discovered that he has the passion to be a pastor. He has the heart of a, of a minister at the heart. He didn't know that until he came here. You, you see. Where were you? Come here. I'm ganadating some people right now. Where, what, I've known this boy since he was grade 8, grade 9. What were you do? You didn't even know. Nobody called you insight. You had no insight. But when you walked into a location... You found your occupation. You became precise at what you do. So now when we look at photography, we look at insight. We look at gifted visions. We say, we, these are the guys that are shaking things. Because at a place, you found your purpose, and now you're becoming the best at what you do. Come on, man. He's awesome. I can go from person to person to person to person in this place until your revelation opens up that you are in your location you will never know that you have to start your occupation I can, keep, I can talk like this for hours come on pray out right now tonight just pray and say God reveal to me my occupation just simply we're going to pray for two minutes we're almost out of here God reveal to me my occupation what am I supposed to do like reveal to me my occupation reveal it to me reveal it to me reveal it to me Reveal it to me. Reveal it to me. And if God has revealed it to you, God, make me the best at what I do. Bring me destiny helpers. Bring me destiny leaders. Bring me people that are here to help out my destiny tonight. God, reveal it to tonight. God, reveal it to us tonight. God, take us deeper tonight. La mantori eredesha, reveal it to us tonight, Jesus. La mantori eredesha, we thank you. God, tonight I speak over everyone here. Come on, raise your hands. Let me speak it over your life tonight. Tonight I speak over everyone here tonight that your purpose will be activated tonight that your life will be shifted into the right gear tonight. That you will know exactly what God has called you to do in the location he's called you to do it and you will be the best at what he's called you to do. I speak over your life and I nullify words that have delayed you in realizing this is where God has called me to be. This is what I've been called to be. 
this is where I'm going to commit to this church. I'm going to commit to this ministry. I nullify any words. I nullify anything that has been said about this ministry towards you, about things in your life towards you that is blocking you from being where God needs you to be. I speak divine acceleration into your life from tonight. Your life will explode. From tonight, your life will increase. From tonight, your life will blow. From tonight, people will know your name. From tonight, business owners will come looking for you.